G'day, g'day guys. Now before we dive into today's show, I want to let you know that some of you may be aware that over the past eight years, I have built a substantial multifamily real estate portfolio here in the US worth over half a billion dollars. And in that time, my passive investors have received fantastic double digit returns. And now you too can invest directly into my deals for as little as $50,000. So if you're an interested investor, head over to reedgoosens.com to find out more. That's reedgoosens.com. Now back into the show. A lot of investors have seen the way multifamily has performed through recessions, through COVID, through everything, right? Um, so still a lot of investors looking to deploy into multifamily, especially. Um, you know, office and retail is still pretty scary a space. Um, you know, industrials looked pretty good, but for the most part, I would say multifamily has, has stood out. Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast. From Los Angeles, I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow and ultimately create extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, I have the pleasure of chatting with George Abreu. Now, George has been investing in real estate for over 15 years, and he started his investing journey in single family and small multifamily properties before eventually working his way up to 100 unit plus multifamily properties today. Now, before entering the large multifamily acquisition space, he actually wholesaled over 200 single family properties. He also developed and completed several ground up projects worth over $20 million. And get this, he started his own construction 
management business or construction company, I should say, which is bringing in, uh, in over $30 million of yearly revenue. And that is growing as we speak today. He's now an active and passive and full-time investor. And his company, Elevate Capital, currently has over 5,000 doors and $325 million of assets under management in markets across Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia, and South Dakota. So it's safe to say this guy is going to be a pretty awesome interview, but I'm really excited and pumped to have him on the show today this year. He's incredible knowledge and insight, but enough of me. Let's get him out here. G'day, George. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. I know we've... Uh, We've crossed paths a few times, and uh, your name comes up, and you know it's been uh, it's, it's been awesome to see you guys grow from from strength to strength. But uh, and I want to get into Elevate and this story and all that sort of stuff. But before we do, can you rewind the clock and tell me how you made your first ever dollar as a kid? As a kid, I want to say, thinking back, I remember. Um, so as soon as I could have a W two, I, I did. So at the age of fourteen. Started working at a grocery store when Dixie, I don't even know if they're around anymore. But um, <laughs> before that, I, I would go sell candy around the neighborhood um, or different neighborhoods. So always trying to make some extra money. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, walk us through the journey of you know, your background. You clearly, you said you had W2. Did you go to uni? Did you study anything specific? Did you have a, you know, an American corporate life before getting into the, uh, you know, the entrepreneur bug? I did. It was a, a small one, but uh, lasted for about a year. But uh, went to school for electrical engineering. Okay. Uh, ha- hats off to engineers. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> a lot of them in the multifamily space for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and during that, so during the university, I, I realized I didn't want to be an engineer. Um, mm. So I started looking elsewhere, and that's when when I came across real estate investing and uh, started doing stuff on the side. Eventually. Graduated with my degree, went and worked for UPS in their engineering department. And that's what lasted for about a year until I started doing enough deals and decided to quit. What was the first deal? What did it look like and where was it? It was a wholesale. Um, I want to say made about $20,000 wholesaling the deal without even closing, not having to close on it or anything. Um, and that was really eye opening, right? You know, at that time I was making maybe. 60 or 70,000 a year. And I just made 20,000 in a couple of days. Yep. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, a brew. Is that a, where, where's that from originally? What's that last name? So my parents are Cuban. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. The last name is kind of spread out. There's some Brazilians, Venezuelans, Cubans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it originates from Spain. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Awesome stuff. So first uh, generation American or a couple of generations been here for a little while? Both parents Cuban, and then I was born in America. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. So it's a truly living the American dream, my friend, which is which is awesome stuff. But but now walk us into Elevate Capital. Like you know, you started wholesaling. I mentioned earlier, you did over two hundred wholesale deals. You flipped some houses. You did some ground up construction. You know, it seems like you've had your your finger in a lot of different little pies. You now actually have a construction company. What, you know. To the outsider, that might look like a lot of different stuff. Was it just figuring out the best way, or and and, and you just sort of, or is it just going from you know one stumbling block to the next, so to speak? Yeah, I don't want to say I was stumbling through it. Um, you said fifteen years. It's actually been more like sixteen years now. Uh, wow. So it was all about scale for me. I wanted mm-hmm. to go big, and um, with the single family. I feel like I just hit a brick wall. You know, we're 
we were doing anywhere from 40 to 50 flips at one point, you know, fixing flips and then started doing some ground up stuff. And I was spread pretty thin to say the least. Right. And that's when I got introduced to about six years ago into uh, multifamily syndications. And um, before that, I didn't realize that I could purchase a hundred plus unit apartment, you know, without coming in with millions and millions of my own money. Mm -hmm. Um, so man, I just ran with it, you know, that that's, that was instant scale on one deal. So I put all my focus towards it. Same thing with the construction company, put all my focus towards, um, doing renovations and ground up for multi and that's it. You know, I put, once all that focus was there, it, it obviously began to grow. The, the big thing I like to chat about on this show is is business ecosystems, right? Like things come because you're doing something, i.e. fix and flip. You know, you're like you're hiring a GC and then you're like, oh, well, I don't need to hire the GC. I want, maybe I should just become one. Right. And a lot of people sort of avoid that. But what was your the impetus to go and start your own GC company? Because it's nearly like property management. It's really, it's, it's, it's a grind. It's a HR company at the, at the best of times. Yep. <laughs> and you got to, you know, it's, it's, it's thankless, you know, as well. So, so what, what, why, why go start that? Is it through trying to save money or is it just through trying to keep building the ecosystem and keeping it in house? To me, it wasn't so much to save money. To me, it was more being able to implement my systems so that mm -hmm. I could scale. You know, I couldn't find enough good contractors for me to do enough deals at a certain time. So um, logically that was the next step. Well, I'm just gonna control this piece of it. I'm gonna make sure that they're using my systems, my processes so that I can do more. Mm -hmm. And what does it look like today? So when, when did that company start? Uh, that was about 12, maybe even 13 years ago now. So a few years. Oh, wow, few that's years. long ago. Yeah. Um, and now it's, you know, we got a, Pretty big outfit. We got uh, employees in Houston, employees in Dallas, employees that travel. We do all our yep. our capex work in um, outside of Texas as well. So yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a great team. You know, I don't um, once I train them and and they know what they're doing. Um, just need to check in on them here and there, and otherwise they're handling it. Yeah, right. And, and so it sounded like that started from the fix and flipping business days, right? It was just a a thing, you know. And a lot of I'd done fix and flip back in my days, and you know, I I know I know the answer. To this is a baited question, but coming in the resi space, you know, and I'm talking sub four units. Yeah, you know, the sophistication is probably not necessarily there. Is that what you got frustrated with, and that's the hence why you were like, you know, screw this, I'm going to go do it myself. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, taking it into large multifamily. So you're doing ground up construction today as well as part of, you know, existing multifamily? Yes. Right. Awesome stuff. Um, mate, we're sitting here in 2023, January. What did, uh, how, how did 2022 go? Because I know it's been pretty uh, pretty rough for a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it started off really good. Um, we had a lot of traction. We had a, a massive uh, 2021. I think we bought 16 properties. 2021, wow. uh, I forgot how many un units. I think it was over 3,000 units. So we came into 2022 with with that traction and, um, you know, we got uh, punched in the face, right? <laughs> 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 we, I want to say we've done a pretty good job working through 
the debt and just uh, being able to still close some some really good deals that we're happy about in 2022. Mm -hmm. And now we're looking for those opportunities. I mean, we're... Is is it slowed down since 2021? What's this sort of... And and that punch in the face, that black eye, I don't want to (laughs) say that you got a black eye, but... There'd probably be lessons, right? We were, and we're all learning them in real time as, you know, as the Fed raises you know, rates fivefold, you know, it was un- unprecedented. But, you know, things that have changed criteria-wise, is, is it coming into 2023? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot harder to get these deals to pencil. The the sellers are still fighting it, right? They, they still haven't felt the hurt, I guess, that much yet. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, some other than some have, but... Uh, we're we're still putting offers out there. We're following up and and waiting, and uh, we've found we're, we're playing a lot in the new development space now. Where either we're buying straight from developers that don't care to operate, some with really good existing loans, right? So going mm-hmm. loan assumption, and then we're also looking at at uh, new builds. We feel that's a good opportunity right now, even going into mm-hmm. this recession. Um, Essentially, by the time we're done building is when we'll start coming out of it if we time it correctly. So existing stuff, not not she's not the uh, the, the, the the hot thing on, on the street anymore. I, I just don't I, don't, <laughs> I just don't see the pricing there. You know, I, I think yeah. it's going to be and we're ready for it. Just doesn't make sense for me to pay 110, 120 a door for a C-class property when I can go pay 180, 190 for an A class. Right, right, right. Yep. No, that it, it, it's a definitely, and and I like I'm I'm paying more than that in certain markets, right. depending on all the real estate taxes and where you where you are. Um, how does that go down with investors when you're buying something from a developer? And maybe just walk through that strategy because we haven't actually t- spoken a lot about that on this show. Coming in, and I I have a ground up development background and and I was very close to buying and uh, actually coming in sort of pre-CFO and we'll certificate occupancy yep. for those people that don't know, you know, sort of really partnering with the developer to get to the finish line and then, you know, taking up the lease up risk. Walk us through that strategy and how you sell it to investors because obviously, you know, I know you personally and, you know, it's the same business that we're in, you know, we've always touted we're going to come in we're going to put lipstick on the pig and we're going to make it look better and going to increase the NOI. How do you do that when the lipstick's already there and it's a brand new, you know, deal? And and, and what's the what's the sort of sales pitch there to those investors? Yeah, so it only works on certain certain deals, right? Certain developers. Um, some developers are not good operators, and mm-hmm. all they care to do is, uh, and and this is assuming that you're buying it after lease up. So there's also right. the part of buying it, you know, during the lease up, which. I think that one's pretty obvious. The value add there is lease it up, right? I mean, that's right. that's how you're adding value. Right. The ones that are already leased up, those developers that are not operators, all they care about is filling the apartment and selling it. They want to take their money and their profits that they've built in there by developing it and go on to the next deal. So we're finding, at least the ones we've closed on, have been you know, $100 to $200 off of market rents, uh, they're not doing any other income. They're not really pushing their garages or, you know, any of their other in- income is is lacking. So for us, it's it's come in, buy this beautiful property and just make some easy tweaks 
and really maximize that that NOI, and it, we've been pretty successful at it. Yeah, right. Are you still getting the the deal flow through the traditional brokers, or is it still in that sort of space? Or are you still now developing relationships with certain developers who are like, hey, I've actually got three or four other deals that you know actually can you come in a little bit earlier to to, to relieve us of this this pain point. Yeah. Both, both, I would say. 100% of the stuff we're looking at is off market and we are starting to develop quite a bit of relationships straight with the developers and then we still have some brokers that that bring us this. bring bring us stuff and what do you what do you target markets right now what do you see is the growth potential coming in here into 2023 as as you know there's chat about you know the slowing down of the multi and there's too much multi being built and all that sort of stuff you know we like the the strong markets to have good fundamentals that still have not really peaked. If, if you, to go on, give us give us a crystal ball. Which ones? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I want to mention one, but I think you you play in that space, so I don't want. To, That's all right. Go ahead. Okay. That's all right. Go. So, go. you know, a phoenix. I feel like phoenix mm-hmm. is um, it's peaked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we're trying not trying to stay away from those and and more of the ones that are strong but still have got some room they're still mm-hmm. somewhat affordable i guess yep. per se and then we like to throw in some some sleeper markets some that are completely flying under the radar um like northwest arkansas was a deal that we just closed uh last week and booming booming market not a lot of people know about it not very sexy i guess but um mm-hmm. it, no tech jobs or, you know, like all the, right, the, right. the high, you know, the Austins of the world exactly. or you know, the Denver's. Exactly. That's yeah, another yeah. one that I would stay away from, right? Austin, you know, feels like it's right. peaked. Um, but I like Dallas. Dallas is strong. Mm-hmm. It's it's still somewhat affordable. You still got a bunch of uh, population growth and, and jobs and um, companies coming left and right. So, you know, we do now, it won't be like the heart of Dallas, but, you know, one of the surrounding. As it places. keeps... The MSA it keeps you know, moving out. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. What what's your what's your thoughts here with the interest rates and coming into twenty twenty three and you know just we've had some pain in twenty twenty two and you know, do you see some the trees between the forest and all that sort of stuff? I I do. You know I do think we're we're gonna stop seeing those those hikes pretty soon. Um, I think we probably got a couple more and then. They're going to stabilize for a bit. I don't think, not being unrealistic, you know, I don't think the rates are going to be going down. Maybe not even this year. Um, I would hope they start going somewhat down towards the end of the year. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think everybody's just looking for for it to stabilize at least, and then right. just stop seeing the the hikes. And and I think that's coming. So you know, we still love loan assumptions right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we get into something, we're still going to try to see how we can get a fixed rate versus an adjustable. But if we find a really good deal and, and you know, adjustable is the only thing we could do, I feel comfortable right now taking it down. Yep. 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 What's the, uh, what's the things keeping you up at night right now? Oh, things keeping me up. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the weight of the world, my yeah, friend. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the government just scares the crap out of me, man. <laughs> um, you know the thing that I, every four years it's it's scaring the crap out of someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this point, I don't even know if it matters which side, but 
just the stuff I can't control, right? You know, the, there's certain things I can control and, and that's what I try to focus on. But I do got to think about um, those outside. Yeah. For those of you who are interested in staying up to date with all the latest happenings in my business or to learn more about passively investing directly into my multifamily value-add deals, then head over to reedgoosens.com and sign up for my monthly newsletter. By signing up, you'll automatically be notified about my new up-and-coming investment opportunities. You'll be able to stay up to date with all the latest real estate news here in the United States and much, much more. So head over to reedgoosens.com and sign up today. Now back into the show. All right, awesome stuff. Um, tell tell me about like, you know, what's been the probably the number one lesson as, as we pivot to now with the investors that that you've coming into tw- out of out of twenty twenty two into twenty twenty three. Have you seen a shift in the way invest you're raising your capital? You know, are there are there being People giving you feedback or like, you know, they're, they're sort of sitting on the sidelines, you know, waiting for sort of more stabilized things to happen? Or are you still seeing, uh, you know, people out there wanting to deploy capital right now? You know, overall, we're seeing people still wanting to deploy capital. Yes, we've got in um, the sideline talks and and there are investors that are that are waiting. We have not seen that a lot with the big money, for sure. They, they still got a capital to place. Um, and then our, our common equity investors, private investors, um, for the most part, you know, they're, they still need to place their capital. Um, I think one of the things, one of the most important things coming into this year is going to be operations. You know, everybody's been saved by the market, uh, the past, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many years it's, it's been a while. Three, four, five years. Yeah. So that's one thing that we saw coming and, and all of last year we worked on, um, in-house management and finally launched that. So now, awesome! Congratulations. Yeah. So more control, right? Just like the construction <laughs> company. Now we've got mm-hmm. more control of the management. So I think uh, that you know some some syndicators are going to get once again punched in the mouth because <laughs> they lack in the operations or asset management, and this is not going to be easy. I mean, you're going to have to really maximize your your profits. Yep. You'll maximize other income and, and all that sort of stuff as you were talking about before. And and really, I think keeping an eye on where rents are going. Yep. You know, one of the big things we're doing on our portfolios is just, you know, how do we get pop, pops without even really trying? You know, meaning, you know, you, everyone talks about the loss to lease, but let's go in and look at, you know, okay, where the where is 20 units that are rented at 900 bucks and you know the market might be 1400 let's not even give them 1400 let's just get them up to 1200 right it's still 300 dollars and i've spent zero zero dollars yeah. doing it like that sort of stuff right that's that's the things that are where you may have overlooked that or if you've got a third party property manager you might have said well they're going to handle it right it's now like it's really responsibilities of, of good asset managers to be like looking at that nearly week in week out like how are you going with those renewals and you know let's let's talk about that are they good paying tenants okay we don't need to jam them with the market rate stuff well let's 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 get them let's keep them going and still get a pop but not have to you know maybe not as big a pop so i i think that's a these they're low, you know quote unquote low-hanging fruit but so many people just don't even pay attention to it you know as an as an example of one of the you know the litany of things that you can pay attention to so um um you, you mentioned big big equity before um and still wanting to deploy capital are you, are you thinking that at all is there does that give you any solace in that the the market isn't going to just fall on its ass because 
money still needs to be deployed and you know commercial real estate still seems to be a great investment you know long term and the fundamentals still seem to be there at least in the multifamily yeah i mean look i was full-time real estate investor 2008 um went through all that and definitely feels a lot different right Mm -hmm. The, the money just disappeared back then like you could not get a loan for anything you couldn't nobody wanted to invest so this is definitely different i think uh a lot of investors have seen the way multifamily has performed through recessions through covid through everything right um mm-hmm. so still a lot of investors looking to deploy into multifamily especially um mm-hmm. you know office and retail is still pretty scary a space um you know, industrials looked pretty good, but for the most part, I would say multifamily has has stood out. And then, the, and the reason they're you know, coming out of COVID is, like, I remember when we managed through COVID, it was like, you know, are they going to pay their rent, right? You know, but 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 everyone needs a roof over their head, yeah. and that's why real estate fundamentally over the long period, no matter where you're investing, America, US, Australia, you know, Mexico, like people still need shelter. It's food, shelter, are the two sort of two pr- primary things, and I think that's, you know. T- teaming up the debt in the right way, teaming up, making sure you, you know, you've got a good operations is really, really important to make it successful. Um, one of the things I want to ask you about is you know, the decision to, to bring property management in-house. You know, I, I've been in this space for seven or eight years. I've, not, I've never done it. I've seen other companies, Ashcroft, Tides, Rise, yourself, you know, they start all bringing it in-house for that control piece. It's a thankless business, right? You become, it's, a, it's the, the epitome of HR business. How did you justify it to yourself, you know, and what's been some of the challenges as you rolled that out that you maybe unexpectedly didn't know coming from a spot of where you just were the asset manager controlling the third party management versus now you're like got to manage everyone from the the maintenance dude all the way through to the to the you know tech tech uh, so the, the assistant leasing. Yeah, you know, we 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 took our time. We we took it really slow. We brought on some some key personnel um to really take the the load um of the work and and with the experience too of of running a management company so i think that helped really the only thing that i can think of that was unexpected is um once we start taking over our portfolio a lot of approvals right before we actually mm-hmm. it's not very instant um we got to go uh, make sure the lender approves it. Then we got to, if there's a private equity group, we got to make sure they approve it. If there's co-GPs on the deal, we got to make sure they approve it. Um, so a long approval process. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's always something that I've toyed with, haven't, haven't, haven't pulled the trigger yet, but maybe you know, sometime in the future. Have you seen many, much savings at all? We have, to, you, you, yeah. You have? Yeah. 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 Like, what are you talking about? 10, 15% or greater? Um, it depends on the properties. I mean, there was one where instantly we came in and, and just from that experience on, on insurance, we saved, oh God, I want to say it was $100,000 on insurance in that property, that big property. A year. Yep. Yeah, right. And that's the that's a, that's a big number when you're yeah. thinking on like a five cap. So, and then just all the little stuff. things that management companies, which we were already starting to crack down on that on the asset management side, but 
Um, obviously, as we when we step in as property managers, it makes it even easier to just get rid of. Mm-hmm. There's things that if if you have a third party manager, there's things you're paying for that you don't even know mm-hmm. what they do and why you're paying for it. And right, right. No, I, yeah, I, I get I get freaking annoyed every quarter when the yardy you know charge comes in, and yeah. you're like, but the but WTF like. You know, what is it's just a pass through. It's a pass through, you know, yep. like with it's all you do. It's a freaking pass through and, you know, overtime and, you know, I'm paying you overtime to do your job. You know, like not that it's not needed or, or bonuses to do your job. Like it's, it becomes very, very frustrating. H- how's been the, the morale in building a company culture around property management? Has that, you know, because I know just with my experience, it's, you know, we're in the business of managing people, whether it's investors or property management or GCs, and you've now got a seat at the table at all three camps. You know, it is about bringing people and, and, and incentivizing them to do, to think like you would think, right? Yeah. How important has culture been in, in, in company like, you know, Elevate as, you, as you've been growing and starting to delve into other, you know, other lanes, so to speak? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's huge. I learned that years ago um, with the construction company, with the, investment company. Um, so we put a lot of focus on it and same thing with the management company. We, especially with the management company, like you said, it's a thankless, <laughs> um, you know, that goes to the onsite staff too, right? It's, it's usually, uh, asset managers asking them a thousand questions and nobody's happy and you know, <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's tough. So we definitely, one of the first things we did is we got everybody together and, um, took them out, went ax throwing and, and, mm-hmm. um, and then we do meetings where we get them all together, um, on a biweekly basis and, um, just creating that, that we're a team, right? There, there's others out here. You can count on us. Um, and then when we're on site, we're, we get our hands dirty, right? We, we show mm-hmm. them, um, when you buy example. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Are you doing, management out of state or is it just within your sort of what you what, where, where you're focused like you know you mentioned northwest arkansas are you doing it up there right now not yet so we started we started in dallas you know, mm-hmm. where we're at and we're mm-hmm. taking over our portfolio we've taken all of them over now that are in dallas and then um going to start expanding from there yeah and no, i think it's also wise just to do it in your backyard so you can you can see it and test it and then you know start because as you start going remote Thing, challenges are going to come up, yeah. right? Like who, who, who's, the, who, who's the regional and how do you make sure that they're incentivized to make sure they keep keep the company going in the right way? So, no, mate, very, very fascinating stuff and, and, and congratulations for, all, for all, your, um, all your success. What's the, you know, before we end the show, what's the number one thing you're looking to do with Elevate, you know, coming here in 2023 and beyond? And, and maybe what are you doing personally, you know, on, on the personal side? I see a bunch of badges behind there. You, I think you're a big runner, right? <laughs> Um, I am, but that's not from that's not from running. Those are from oh, is it net, networking events and, and speaking? <laughs> um, a lot of that in twenty twenty three. You know, speaking at a lot of events this year. Um, thinking about hosting one. That's oh god. Yeah, we, good luck. We haven't decided yet. <laughs> we haven't decided yet. <laughs> um, you know, we host a monthly meetup, but not uh-huh. a conference or, or yep. anything like that. Oh gosh. Uh, so yeah, plans for Elevate. I mean, we've got some uh, personnel that we want to bring on, some some new team members this year. We brought on um, 
some key personnel last year that that really helped us grow and uh we're going to keep that going this year you know finds a lot more opportunities are going to be out there i think and um we're just getting ready to take them down awesome awesome my friend well look at the end of every show we love to dive into the top five investing tips ready to get into it mate question number one is what's the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals so every morning I go through my top goals and I make sure that I'm doing something that day that's working on at least one of those goals. Mm -hmm. um, and I do that first thing in the morning because usually the day can come and, and kind of take over and I try not mm -hmm. to let the, the day run me, right? I try to run the day <laughs> and then that's worked pretty well. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Question number two is who's been the most influential person in your career to date? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll say something silly. You probably doesn't, we didn't hear this very often, but uh, right now social media has been great to me and it's been, mm -hmm. it's helped with a lot of the success. And the only reason I started doing social media was from uh, watching Gary V and mm -hmm. he kind of pushed me to look at it differently. Like, mm -hmm. you know, not really the social aspect, more of the business and, and, um, that was a game changer. So I'll, I'll awesome. answer with that. Awesome. Gary V. No, he's a, if he's listening, which he's definitely not listening. Not to get him <laughs> on <the show. laughs> uh, question number three, mate, is in your business, what's the, the number one tool that you use in the business that you can't run the business without on a day to day? It could be a physical tool like your phone or a journal, or it could be a piece of software that you just, you can't run it out. What is what, You can't run the business without, what is it? Oh, shoot, man. Um, yeah, it's got to be probably either our CRM or investor portal. Um, mm -hmm. Exactly. What, do you, what do you what do you use? Yeah, active camp campaign for CRM yep. and then uh, yep. Syndication Pro for yep, yep. awesome good those two, two very good two. Jacob over at Syndication Pro yep. right and um, you know I, I don't use Active Campaign but I've heard very very good things about it. We use um, ConvertKit so uh, for those people listening out there take notes because they're two very very good pieces of software that you got you can't run the business without. Um, question number four in one sentence: What's been the biggest failure in your career? And what did you learn from that failure? You know, I I, I think back to when I was trying to scale a single family and I was. Uh, Scaling the construction company at the same time, I had started a roofing sales department as well. And that was, you know, 20 plus salesmen in there, plus all my project managers and, and supervisors, plus all the single family homes we were buying and fixing and flipping and also building from the ground up. Um, I, I got, I spread myself too thin mm -hmm. and I wasn't really doing any of that good or really well, good, right? Right. Just, right. Um, and that was kind of where I've, that's when I found multifamily and, and yeah, changed everything. The, the, the natural next question would, would be, you know, as you bring these other disciplines in house, you, you know, it, it sounds like you mentioned key personnel before, you know, really like behind me is who, not how, you yeah. know, just, and, and, but you've got to get to a point where you can afford them, right? Yeah. It's not just like, oh, I need someone to help and I just need a bum and see. It's like, no, go out and get the you might have to pay more, but you get the best person who can run it and then sort of hand the reins over in that department and not have to, you know, oversee them. Yes. That, that's something that I learned around that time too. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and since then, 
I put a lot of focus on finding the right Good talent, putting yeah, yeah, in the right yeah. seat and um, paying them right too. Right, right, yeah. right. Mate, last question. Where can people reach you to continue the conversation that we in your sphere? Where do they go? Um, you can find most of our, a lot of free content and all our contact information on website, elevatecig.com. Uh, if they want to shoot me an email, it's George or Jorge, J-O-R-G-E mm-hmm. at elevatecig.com. Awesome stuff, man. Well, look, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the show today. I just want to reflect some of the things that I think I took away from today's show. And I think, you know, you've got a really knack for hearing your story and just hearing little bits and pieces there, roofing companies and fix and flips and, you know, giving up the engineering degree and then, you know, you're wanting to come back. It's, you seem like you're a very curious type of person. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a common theme throughout a lot of successful entrepreneurs. You have to be curious. You have to be willing to pivot and, and, and as things get difficult or just not working, understand what to do and when to pivot and make the right decision. So I think kudos for that, man. And, and, and now that you're bringing it all in house and, and you using past experiences or black eyes, so to speak, to, to sort of say, I'm not going to do that with the construction company or the property management company. And then, and then you know, focusing on the culture, company culture and then and then hiring the right people. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, very basic when you lay it out like that, but it's also, you know, as a as an entrepreneur, you have to sort of have those, I don't want to say stumbles, but you've got to have those experiences to then take it on board and say, okay, this is how I really want to go out and produce a company that 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 will be successful over the long term. So to leave anything out? I think you got it. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, look, again, I want to thank you for jumping on the show today. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up very, very soon. Thank you. You too. Well, there you have another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible advice from George. If you're interested to learn about what he does, check over to elevatecig.com. And if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give it a five-star review on iTunes. We're going to do this all again next week. So remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. Listener.